Welcome to the Sim Cafe, a podcast produced by the team at Innovative Sim Solutions, edited by Shelley Hauser. Join our host, Deb Tauber, as she sits down with subject matter experts from across the globe to reimagine clinical education and the use of simulation. So pour yourself a cup of relaxation, sit back, tune in, and learn something new from the Sim Cafe. Welcome to the Sim Cafe. Today we have a special guest, Shelly Hauser. And Shelly and I met on the internet um, in probably October of 2021. And it was kind of unique because Shelly reached out to me as a simulationist. And, you know, before you know it, it's it's a little I am here and how are you doing? And I, I don't know, we ended up talking and mm-hmm. she had... A unique skill which is podcast editing and I had decided I wanted to start podcasting so she agreed to be the editor for innovative sim solutions the sim cafe she was the genius behind this and uh, Shelly I thank you for that and I thank you for our, our virtual friendship that we have too it's been very meaningful yeah. very very meaningful I think we talk so, a couple times a day don't we Sometimes we do. I try to, I try to leave you alone. Um, <laughs> Shelly, why don't you go ahead and tell our guests a little bit about yourself and your journey into simulation? Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is great. I get to be on the other side of the microphone. So this is a, a nice change of pace. So, um, so I come into simulation in a very unique way from, I think, all of your other guests that have been so wonderful to listen to from the editing side of things. Um, I was born a congenital hemipelvectomy, which is one in 8 million type of amputee. It means I was born without my right hip and my right leg. I also have scoliosis and lordosis, which was exasperated after three pregnancies, natural pregnancies. Um, So I've been an SP at a mainline hospital, teaching hospital, university, and two others uh, in the Philadelphia region for seven, eight years. As a person with a disability, I learned that talking about my disability and how it related to COPD or a torn rotator cuff or congestive heart failure um, and playing those roles really gave me a voice which I didn't have before. I was, I was saying to you before we started today that Society, able-bodied society for a very long time really didn't want to hear my story, didn't want to know and understand how an amputation affected other comorbidities like COPD or even diabetes, um, congestive heart failure. So I can tell you that my prosthetic is 15 pounds and I expel 90% more energy just to walk. Uh, an above the knee AK will be 60, 70% more energy. And a BK below the knee will be 30 to 40% more energy just to walk. So when you relate that to simulation and and how that affects COPD or heart failure or obesity or other comorbidities, you get a really deep sense of, wow, I never knew that. I didn't think about that. So I'm wanting to get deeper into simulation on a more global scale to be able to Blend the able-bodied medical community, whether it's PTOT, psych, or or nursing in particular, 
with with persons with disabilities and give them access to persons with disabilities so they learn more and they're more comfortable with their language and communicating. I think able-bodied communities were so raised in the mindset of it's it's rude to ask, but we're in the mindset that it's rude to not ask. It's it's how you ask. You know, it's it's with respect and empathy and genuine curiosity. You know, don't go up to somebody and say, "What's wrong with you?" You know, what did you say, Deb? One time, I don't know what's wrong with you. Like, how do you yeah, say it, that? It's not. It's not what's wrong with you. It's it's not what what's the matter with you. It's what matters to you. Yeah, and it's to consistently, you know, add that empathy and compassion when dealing with anybody. And I think that, you know, that's just one of the things that I want to make sure that we can consistently keep into first and foremost on our minds is that we're leaning in and listening to what is important to our patients, clients. Um, Yeah. Yeah. We're all vulnerable. (laughs) Definitely. I heard a little bit about you started in simulation. How did this actually start? You started out as a standardized patient. What? How did you get there? Like, did somebody just call you up and say, hey, you want to be a standardized patient? Or how did you? Well, I was working for my prosthetist company at the time. So I would go and work with surgeons and physical therapy places. And somehow I just really tripped into it. Somebody, I was at a hospital or rehab And somebody told me about Villanova and they do this SP and Jefferson did this uh, mentoring group for a semester and, um, and St. Luke's. And I think it started with St. Luke's. I've worked with three different teaching hospitals or universities over the years to um, just educate because I see the huge value from the SP side of the value that the students and and the professors and the staff get out of it, out of having us. So yeah, I just kind of tripped into it kind of like the rest of us did. Yep. We sidestep into simulation. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about my favorite question, your favorite simulation. Mm. So it was at Villanova and I was teaching. So we wrote the first obstetrics nursing simulation in the country. And I had been doing other simulation comorbidity simulations uh, with the university. And they realized I mentioned something about my kids and we have three very, very healthy boys they said, you have kids. How, how is it, you know, a typical question, how, how is it that you have kids? And we, we sat down and they said, how did you have children? So the first, first pregnancy, I was on crutches from three months pregnant to the time John was almost a year old. Second two pregnancies, I, was, I found a prosthetist that was able to cut the socket back at a really extended Velcro strap. And we added the length on every couple of months. So one day I was doing the simulation and we were doing the debriefing afterward. This, this one professor who I know fairly well started asking questions about my first pregnancy and my second pregnancy, you know, where did you go? How old were you? How long ago was this? And um, I said to her, John was in the NICU and it was September 11th of 1998 was when John was born and June of 2001 when Jesse was born. And she gasped and I was like, what's, what's wrong? And she said, I was one of your nurses on the floor when, when you had your kids. And I said, and I said, wow. And she said, how are your boys? And I said, you know, they're in college. But I said to her, I said, what did you guys think? What did you guys do? How did you plan to care for me? She's like, well, that's just the thing. We didn't. 
we had this huge meeting about you, this whole staff meeting about you. And we didn't know what to do with you. And I said to her, then why didn't you just ask me what I needed? I went home and I sat on the rolling office chair in a Victorian home and mopped my kitchen floor, scooted around to cook and sat at the stove and scooted on my bottom side to vacuum my house and got a rolling laundry basket and bought a back brace because my scoliosis was killing me. I didn't get home care. I didn't get nursing care. I didn't even get walking therapy because they said to me, you know how to walk. Just put your brakes back on and walk. Well, the problem was I had had a C-section and that C-section scar is right where the bottom of my socket fits. And I couldn't fit into it because at that time it was 23 inches round. And I was a little bit bigger than that after pregnancy. And the insurance company, even after our second son, I called and I said, look, I just need a new socket. It's two, $3,000. I don't need the whole leg. I just had a pregnancy. I had a life-changing experience and I need the socket because it's been chopped apart. I need it fixed. The insurance gentleman had the indecency to tell me, well, do you work? And I said, well, I'm home with a two and a half year old and a newborn and I'm struggling to carry him because he's seven pounds. And he said, well, upon looking at the insurance plan, I cannot authorize this because you aren't working. You're not earning a paycheck. So you're just an at-home mom, not earning a paycheck. So we can't authorize you. You don't really need a prosthetic leg to walk. He got quite a butt reaming for that. And I said, you know what? Bottom line is, is if this was your mother, your daughter, or your grandmother, you would have signed off on this. I said, let me just tell you what a woman on one leg with two kids doesn't do in a day, you know, thing. They didn't plan anything. They didn't, they didn't ask me what I needed. They didn't ask me what I could do and what I couldn't do. So they sent me home. And that was really disheartening. And I think that's where some of my PTSD came from because I was left to my own devices again. But that, that struck me. And I think that's kind of where my passion started in that the medical model doesn't ask. So it's just like, why, why is the, one of the biggest mainline university hospitals not have a protocol? So my mission is, is to work with universities, work with hospitals and get them to come up with a guideline, a practice of how to do a protocol of how to do this. Wow. Wow. Thanks for sharing your story. I think our listeners might want to also be aware that you have your own podcast. Do you want to talk a little bit about your, your company? Inclusive Consulting LLC and starting consulting services and, and wanting to work with persons of any kind, whether it's a business or a hospital or a university or just one-on-one somebody, you know, in VR that wants to know more about persons with disabilities to, to kind of help them understand and, and find their language and and help educate them and, and be more comfortable. Make the world, you know, make that my legacy and make it a better place for, for both sides of this spectrum here. And I did a podcast through my Center for Independent Living that I've since left. And I decided that the journey of that wasn't over yet. So we're starting the new year off with an interview with Dr. Shantrice Sims-Holloman, and she is going to be on my new podcast, Life Beyond the Label. The journey of, of having our voices and our stories told as entrepreneurs, parents, advocates, and lovers, there's a lot of stigmas and misconceptions. So I think those stories still need to be told. So I'm continuing on with my own podcast, Life Beyond the Label. Great, great, great. Um, I generally ask, where do you see the future of simulation? But in your case, yeah, um, I think you're you're really just getting into simulation and learning about it. 
Right. Um, I know your one of your goals is to take the cheese, yep. the certified healthcare this year. education yeah. Yeah. certification. So um, you're studying for that, and I've been kind of encouraging you. Yes, thank you. I do see VR though being very important from my SP perspective in that persons with disabilities, one of the biggest problems is transportation, no matter where you are, in a small place, in a big city, you usually have to have an adaptable bus or van come and get you. And so they're not always very reliable because they have a lot of people to service. It is my hope in VR that I could connect and help hire persons with disabilities that are maybe wheelchair users and can't get out to with transportation or persons that live at home that um, basically live in their bed that they can't get out for whatever reasons, you know, connect them to VR and from their home, be able to be employable and have earn a paycheck. I have a whole community that I follow and that I'm connected with. Uh, and, you know, with the right kind of connections, I've been talking to Taylor Freeman at Axon Park and some of his other connections uh, through Eric Ayers, who you interviewed before. And Eric and I had a phenomenal conversation along with some other folks about this needs to be talked about, you know, and it is possible. We just need to keep having these conversations to to figure out how to make it work. That's where I hope VR will go. Uh, Telehealth, doing telehealth, you know, during COVID, one of the first things I said to Villanova was, I think we should do this OB simulation from home in that it's COVID. And I got, I had a baby and I got sent home early and it took them a couple of months, but then they called back and they're like, were you serious about wanting to do that? And I said, yeah, I'll sit in my bed or I'll sit at my desk with a blanket around me and I'll do it. And so we did. And I find the in-person stuff, a deeper conversation, but I did see an enormous amount of value that the students still got out of doing it telehealth wise. So I think telehealth work can be just as good. Uh, when we need it to be. So it really opens up a lot of opportunity for persons with disabilities that have transportation issues or other other challenges to get out and work. And I think they we hold a great value to the medical community to learn from. So that's where I see it going and that's where I hope it's going. Thanks, thanks. Where can our guests reach you? Where are your social platforms? So I am on Instagram, on life beyond the label underscore podcast. I am on LinkedIn under Shelly Hauser, H-O-U-S-E-R. And then Inclusive Consulting, LLC. Uh, that website's coming up in the new year. So yeah, I, I encourage anybody that needs to find me to, to reach out to any of those platforms and, and connect. That'd be great. And I thank you for doing this, for, you know, your contributions in simulation and bringing about something that I had never even considered, right. which is including disabilities into simulation. Yeah. Um, but you're in your, um, God, in your vast experience of, of nursing and stuff, how often did you come across a person with some sort of disability and, and did you know how to work with them, how to, what language to use and how to help them? Are you taught that in the medical no, no, that's a, a great question, Shelley. And I think I've always had a gift for kind of being able to sit down with somebody eye level, mm-hmm. no matter what their situation, and demonstrate a non-judgmental approach. Right. You know, because seriously, there by the grace of God go I. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 
So we, we need to have more conversations. And, and I know so many of my peeps and my family worldwide amongst ourselves, we talk and advocate and, and support and empathize with each other so much, but there's so much that new persons with disabilities, you know, whether it's cancer or, or amputation that they just don't know. And it's, um, we need, we need to stop worrying about hurting each other's feelings and just be honest in a kind way. Let's talk about that. Right, right. I think the the work that Brene Brown is doing in is is really important. Huge. Yeah. 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 She talks a lot about vulnerability because, you know, it's a, a vulnerable population. Yeah. But do you guys have support groups that you kept up in COVID uh, virtually? There's a lot of Facebook pages for very protective family, but I have friends all over the world and we're just a very protective family. But growing up, I didn't have that family. I've only had that kind of a virtual family in the last eight, 10 years. So yeah, there, there's ways that we can, but we, we are very cautious because we've, <laughs> we've been stalked and harassed. Um, which isn't very kind, but it, it, it is something to be considered. Well, this has been a wonderful interview and you'll be editing it. And this yes. will come out uh, 2022. You know, some of our 2022 goals for innovative SIM solutions include a podcast a week and yep. uh, creating the, a course in virtual reality and simulation. And I know you're taking SIM 101 right now to prepare yes. for your cheese. That's been great. Can I tell the listeners about that quick? Yeah, please do. So I, I started digging in now that I finished my master's degree just two weeks ago. But I think you talk about the history, which is really, really huge. I don't think we can understand our future if we don't understand our history in anything. So understanding the history of simulation, you know, and I love editing these podcasts because I love listening to Kim Layton and, and Colette Fossidal and Eric Ayers and, and Philip, I'm going to be in editing his later. And um, so it's just so great to hear where these forefathers of simulation have come from, because um, it gets me very excited. But, and, and talking about the code of ethics, you know, there's good and bad in everything that we do. You wouldn't think, I think simulation can be used for only positive things, at least I hope so. But there are a lot of ethical things to talk about. I think, um, Colette Fossey Dahl talked about when she went to Dubai, wasn't it? She went to Dubai and started the, um, the whole SIM thing there in like three weeks. And there in the Muslim religion, there are definitely things, especially how women are cared for. It's, it's very important to understand that and the ethics and the empathy of understanding other cultures in simulation, because it's not always how we see it in America. But I found the SIM 101 to be very user-friendly, very engaging. It's all mixed mixed up. So it's changing and it's not just uh, this boring words and a flat picture kind of thing. I, I thought it was interesting. It flowed really well. And um, I'm looking forward to sitting down this weekend and, and knocking out a few more of them to be able to go. But I think it's well worth my time and it's going to help me with the cheese much better. So I, thank you for writing that. And I'm excited to see what else there is. And anybody that's questioning wanting to get into simulation, I think this is a really good first start uh, that you have to take this step. This is the first step in anything that you do with simulation. So where can they find your your classes? So the classes? courses are on the, yeah. on the website, Innovative Sim Solutions website under courses. There's three yeah. of them under yeah. there. 
One, two of them are on telehealth and the other one's on simulation, or you can get them at healthysimulation.com, Lance's site. Yep. Um, we did updated ones for there. So those are uh, good courses too, good courses. And you have some good videos that I've checked out. Who are the, the video guests? Yeah, the video guests are have been amazing. And uh, I've only kept up on the website is Andrew Spain, who talks about certification, and then Kristen Gadlidge, who talks about SSH accreditation. So if you okay. want to learn about those things, you can go to the website under the more section yeah. where the uh, podcasts are also ho housed. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's it's a for a newbie that's not really into simulation like you and Lance and everybody else have been for sometimes decades. I think that's it's a really good start to watch these videos, to take these courses and to listen and listen to this podcast because these are the people that started this thing before it was even a thing. It was a doll in a box. <laughs> And the manual was 40 inches thick. And, you know, yep. I kind of yep. laugh as I'm editing through going, my God, what were they thinking? No, with this? I remember <laughs> when I started, when I first started, they said, you're good with kids. And once again, you're good with kids. And they gave me, you know, uh, Hal in the box and the binder. And I'm like, I'm good with kids. I'm good with real live kids. I'm not, you know, not a. Not a so, All right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Until next time, friends. Thanks for joining us here at the Sim Cafe. We hope you enjoyed. Connect with us at www.innovativesimsolutions.com and be sure to hit that like and subscribe button so you never miss an episode of the Sim Cafe.